It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. The only Baltimore podcast that records two days in a row. That's where we are. Thursday game, short week. First of all, have to give you guys props. Tremendous instant analysis. I was out of pocket, as you said, Banks, at my job. Could not jump on the pod, but you guys did a fantastic job breaking down the Ravens win over the Vikings on Sunday. But we come on earlier in the week this week. Uh, because of the Thursday night game, we want to give everyone a chance to listen. So not as much time removed from Sunday to when we're recording now on Monday as we look forward to Thursday. 24 hours removed for you guys from the win over the Vikings. Is there anything else that has come to mind about that one? I think, Banks, and you brought it up pre-show, the thing that is now being talked about is I think the Lamar Jackson MVP conversation is pretty much back on at this point. And I saw a lot of MVP odds and stuff thrown out today. Tom Brady the favorite at most of the books, but Lamar kind of coming on now. feels like he's pretty good value where he is. It feels like he's coming on. It feels like he should be coming on. The books, generally speaking, have him around seventh best odds, seventh longest odds to, to win the MVP, which is crazy to me. I mean, you can't – there's no way you can count on more than one-handed players that deserve to win the MVP this season. I put out a stat tonight. There's nobody – putting together more offense per game than Lamar Jackson. And you look at, um, you know, the Ravens have the second ranked offense in the league when it comes to yards per game. And Lamar has a larger chunk of his team's offense than any other player. Um, It's just a matter of just common sense. It's one of those things. I know he doesn't have the touchdowns that he did two years ago. And I know that he has some interceptions and a couple fumbles there, especially in the Raiders game that, that really hurt the team. But you look at the big picture of all these injuries that this team has had and all the deficits that they've had, and he continues to be heroic and week after week after week. He's the, the, the straw that stirs the drink of the Baltimore Ravens. And the Baltimore Ravens are nowhere without the offense, and this offense is nothing without Lamar Jackson. We can transit a property this thing till kingdom come. Lamar Jackson's been the best player in the league so far. He's the most valuable by far. I think it should be a you know, it's still midpoint of the season. There's a lot of football left to be played, but it should really be a conversation about Tom Brady or LeBron Jackson, in my eyes. And I mean, if you just watch the games, like, it, again, you can present a case for him on paper and the number and stats and be like player A versus player B. And if you put Lamar as, you know, player A, you're like, you know what? That dude is absolutely lighting it up. He's doing it every single game. Like, he's, like you tweeted, he's on pace to break it seems like every single season, you know, yardage record. And then you also just watch him in the eye test and you see the, what the chiefs game they're down. Was it 14, 15 with, you know, a little over a quarter left. You look at the Colts game, you look at the Vikings game, you look at the lions game, you look at all these games where he's bringing them back. And yeah, you're like, that's, that's an MVP. And who was it? Marcus Spears today who kind of brought up the like Lamar and LeBron comparison where it's like he not only is he the MVP, he's making his teammates better, which is not always the case. Um, Brady, if you want to put him in there at the top right now, okay. Um, A lot of season left. There's there's a a decent amount of games played because again, this, this area right now that we're in this, the, the part of the schedule and now is when you can start taking these lists and awards and, and stuff like that kind of start, putting together your top five and all that. And again, if you want to put Brady number one, sure, go for it. It's Tom Brady. I get it. But it's like for Lamar to be seventh behind, who was it? Josh Allen was second on that list. That's it. I mean, that's a joke. That's, that's a, that's a joke. If, if, 
if Lamar goes out and puts up stats like he did, and uh, and the and the Ravens lose nine to six to the uh, to the Jaguars like that did, Lamar would get crushed, and Allen is still second in MVP. Um, yeah, for 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 Lamar to be that low, it's 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 pretty insane. And I also wouldn't put it past ESPN to to put up a graphic like that just to make it a talking point and you know get people upset because. They're a show, it's, and they, it's they know what, what the doing. odds are, though. It really, it's what the yeah, odds that's are. yeah, it was the uh, yeah. Who, what were we, the What was it from? What we posted from Caesars, who has mm-hmm. Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford, Dak Prescott, and Aaron Rodgers ahead of Lamar Jackson. I want to I mean, say it's the same six at, at the Barcelona Sportsbook. Um, Kyler had like how do you put Kyler up there after he didn't play yesterday? Stafford had a, a pretty, I would say, a less than a less than stellar game last night. Um, Again, I mean, I, if you want to lump them all in in a group, I get it. But for him to be, like, clearly behind those guys is, is it's pretty wack. The other thing is we watched, we watched Arizona, like, get it done without him. Colt McCoy. We watched put him in Dallas. Watch Dallas win with Cooper Rush and then have Dak come back and play awful. I, I, it, it, Lamar is, at this point, I think, the most lightning rod player in the league for his on-field performance. The, most, the biggest lightning round in the league right now is Aaron Rodgers for a lot of other reasons. Yeah. But the biggest lightning round in the league for their, on, <laughs> for their on-field performance is Lamar. As you said, Josh Allen like, lost to the Urban Meyer-led Jaguars and scored six points. As you said, if that is Lamar Jackson, it is like a four-day story. And, and it's like, God, this, can this guy even do it? Bah, 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 bah. And I know there, there are also a lot of really big national Lamar Jackson supporters. I don't want to act like that every week this is like the nation against Lamar Jackson. But for me, you watch, and I was able to go back and watch a lot of yesterday's game. You watch like when he's bad, they have no chance. And then when he turns it on, they can beat anybody. Whereas clearly the Cardinals are able to beat NFL teams and the Cowboys are able to beat NFL teams with their backup. If that's Tyler Huntley, I don't know how many games the Ravens are winning. Um, and, and, and the numbers in a game like this where they win 34-31, come back 27-41, 266, three TDs, you know, you have the two picks. One's a great play by Anthony Barr. And yeah. then he runs 21 times for 120 yards. Like, who is – there are guys do – there's nobody else doing that. There just isn't. So, he may not win the MVP. Tom Brady may have an amazing year. They may win, you know, 14 games, and that's the guy that wins the MVP – because, you know, it comes back to this age-old most valuable versus most outstanding. And I don't know if you can make the case that Lamar Jackson has been the most outstanding player based on some of the roller coasters you've seen him go through in games. But at this point, in terms of the most valuable discussion, there aren't two or three guys ahead of him when you look at all of the things he does, especially now that the passing repertoire, as you said, touchdowns aren't there, but, you know, the offense isn't, you know, they're not as good at running the football (laughs) They don't have the running backs. They don't have the offensive line. So Lamar's having to throw the ball more. He's showing the ability to do that and still running for over 100 yards in some of these games. I think he's very much in the MVP discussion. Maybe wouldn't be if it was an MOP discussion. He would still be very much up there. Maybe wouldn't be that because of some of the lack of consistency at times he's shown during games. But yeah, I don't, I, the, the, it's a great point about Josh Allen. Like I, I the, the, the fact that there was no, and maybe I'm not just not watching. We have ESPN on the office all day. Didn't see any Josh Allen talk yesterday or today. Nothing. There's nothing. Yeah. There's oh, no the Bills, criticism. It's all, crazy. The Bills, all the Bills lost. Uh, the Bills lost, whatever. Also the Jags, it's the train wreck of the NFL. Crazy. 
No, what do you what do you think about like a potential season ending where where they end up with Lamar? What is it? Best offensive player, and then Brady MVP, something like that. Which which is kind of like be the other way around. It should be one hundred percent. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It's it's still early, of course, and I try not to dive too deep into these types of things at this point in time. But it's just disrespectful. It's it's crazy. Like you 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 started to rattle it off there. We're we're playing with running backs that weren't even on the roster months ago. Like in training camp, not even on the roster. Like Tyson Williams was probably on the fringe of the cut or not, at least in the middle of camp. And then he's, he got his opportunities in, in camp to, to kind of make the roster and solidify his spot. And there's a good chance he's not here in a matter of weeks. Um, but anyways, the offensive line, you got an all-pro left tackle that played one game on a bum ankle that just wasn't what he wanted it to be, and he's gone. The, the rest of the offensive line has just been a turnstiles. you got a right tackle that's out, and it's not even – the guy who was playing right tackle is not even a natural right tackle. He's playing that out of position too. So the guy that we brought in to play right tackle is playing left tackle. It's a whole fucking mess. It's a complete fucking mess. Rashad Bateman came in and was supposed to be impactful from day one. He wasn't able to show up till week six or week seven. And then as soon as he comes in, Sammy Watkins is out. Uh, Nick Boyle's, uh, you know, an important piece of this offense. He's been out until now. And there's my fucking over for the Caps. Let's go. Um, it's crazy. It's just crazy to me that, and I hope that as, as the race kind of narrows and the season continues on and Lamar Jackson continues to do what he does, that the context that surrounds Lamar Jackson starts to become more of the narrative as people start to make their cases for who's the MVP and who's not. I mean, Kyler Murray being five to one at this point, like, yeah, they've, they've had a really nice start and he's played well, but um, I, I, it's, just, it's just not the same. It's just not. So – um, I'm worked up in week nine and we're, we're six and two about an MVP race. And I, that's just not how it should be, but whatever. Are you guys worried that he's going to, because like we're kind of seeing it now, he's going to get the, the LeBron and Mike Trout treatment where he could arguably be the best player in the league every year. And it just goes to someone else. The, like yeah. the, voter, the, the, the voter fatigue, the voter fatigue, almost, the voter yeah. fatigue. But there is, there's really no voter fatigue with the yet. I don't think. Yeah. I think that there's, I think there's just a divisiveness in the discussion that not a lot of other guys have right now. Mm-hmm. Like there's no divisiveness in the Tom Brady discussion because Tom Brady deserves for there to be. Are they six, are they six and two? Seven and one. Super, and he's won a thousand Super Bowls. So everyone, until Lamar wins the Super Bowl, there's always going to be this, and it's going to devalue the things he does during the regular season because. You win an MVP that early, and now, okay, you've done it. Who, Whatever. It's over. Like, you've done that. Lamar had his incredible, you know, joyride through 2019. He wins the MVP, doesn't do it in the playoffs, then doesn't do it in the playoffs again, didn't do it in the playoffs the year before. So now that's the entire narrative. There's no other narrative. There's, there's the MVP narrative is tough for him to win now because he's got to prove – he's got to win the MVP in the playoffs now. He can't, he's got to win the MVP for the next year in the playoffs this year. And that'll probably be his answer if you ask him. Because I'm sure this, this question will be posed to him probably. And he'll give the answer that he should give, which is he's – I don't care. I'm sure there's only one trophy he wants to hold at the end of the year. And, uh, you know, I, I think he can give two shits if it's the uh, MVP. I think, it's, I think it's an interesting discussion also in the context of what we're watching go, go on in the AFC. I think you guys touched on it a little bit yesterday. Um, at the near the end, but this is a topsy turvy um, 
conference at this point. Like there is no real true favorite. And after last night, after your team, Eric, just randomly showed up and said with no Derek Henry, we're going to pound, essentially pound the Rams for most of the game. Um, and the Steelers, the Bengals went from, you know, the darlings, the new darlings of the league two weeks ago, they're now fourth in the division. So from a division and from a conference standpoint, this thing is totally flipped around since we were coming off the Bengals game into the bye. And now it feels like in the AFC, we already talked about the bills. Now it feels like in the AFC, first of all, home field, I think is going to be big because I don't think any of these teams is dominant. So that's going to mean a little bit more. And second, if Lamar Jackson plays a few hot games in the playoffs, it doesn't feel like there's anybody that really scares you. I thought the Chiefs looked terrible yesterday against Jordan Love. Mm, they like, did. Like, they looked hard. I mean, well, Holmes, who, who made a great play at the end to, to get to, you know, convert a third and ten and kind of steal the game, like, it just doesn't look as confident as he normally does. It's a very interesting conference to project forward because I don't know who the Super Bowl team is, you know, or who the – it feels like there's six or seven teams maybe at this point that could all make it. Yeah. Um, after the game yesterday, before the Titans played, I started to get my hopes up a little bit about that first round bye. Only one team gets it. It's wide open. It's an open race. You know, why can't it be us kind of thing? Tennessee went out and won the game last night, a game which you probably didn't expect them to go out and win on the road. But uh, I did a little research for, for my Survivor League. And the Titans are one of the teams I have left. So I'm trying to figure out, like, when do I try to use a Titans pick if I need to? I, the Titans schedule is a joke the rest of the way. They have the easiest schedule remaining. It's – I was stunned by – they've got smooth sailing the rest of the way. I mean, if, if with or without Derrick Henry, they, they don't have much of an excuse not to get that, that first round by at this point. Like, they're, you know, having already been in the driver's seat, but then with the schedule in front of them, like – it's right there for them. So, um, I don't know. They've, do they still have Jacksonville twice? I mean, uh, they have Jacksonville once. They have Houston in two weeks. The Saints next week. They got Houston late, I think. Again. Yeah, yeah, they yeah they haven't played Houston yet. So. Yeah. So, um, they they have all the makings of the team that gets there at like fourteen and three, and they're like, oh yeah, we're one seed, but kind of like we're not so sure about that team, and then lay an egg. But they're physical. I mean, they. I looked at the the box score because I actually didn't watch that game last night, and I'm looking. They they gained 194 yards and won that game pretty easily, right? Yeah, I mean, it was it wasn't. The Rams scored a touchdown with 46 seconds left or something like that. That was their first touchdown of the game. Like it, the the score wasn't as close as it made it look like. But I mean, again, when when, and not to turn this into a Titans Rams podcast, but like that's what happens when Stafford throws two interceptions. You know. One from his end zone, and another is a pick six. Like they they, they score MB, their MVP two. MVP candidate Matt Stafford. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I guess. I guess so. But no. I mean, again, the Titans' schedule is versus Saints, versus Texans at Patriots, versus Jags at Steelers, versus Niners, versus Dolphins at Texans. So. It's. I mean, but Taylor, you're right though. Like the AFC, the last couple of years, it's either been. It, like, this is kind of the time where teams were looking like, all right, how do we avoid playing in Foxborough for the playoffs? How do we avoid going to Kansas City? Like, how, you know, if they win this game, do they jump up? If they lose this game, do they jump down in the standings? And it's like, I think any team, especially the Ravens, would be more than fine 
going to any place if they need to or any team in the in the hunt you know for the playoffs coming to them the the only thing that would be scary is say, say that if they if the ravens stay at you know the two seed three seed so they get that home game and the chiefs somehow turn it on the last five or six weeks and like sneak in as a seven seed or the you know whatever and they they get in and they're they're that hot team yeah. that no one wants to face and now you're like oh by the way now you have mahomes who's absolutely feeling himself coming into mnt and and that's kind of anyone, you know, it's anyone's guess, yeah. but I, I, I mean, there's no one, the, the, you're not circling any team or team saying, don't want to play them. Don't want to go there. It's kind of like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, we'll roll the dice there with any of them. Yeah. It's, it's wild to me. Yeah. At, the, at this point, Titans are the one seed Ravens, two seed chargers, the three bills, the four Raiders, Steelers, Patriots, chiefs. You just look at those teams and you just think about some of the games they've lost, and it's like, oh gosh. Every those team, the teams. every team on that list has a quote-unquote bad loss. I guess theoretically, the one you you could argue doesn't is Baltimore, who's you know lost to two teams with winning records. <laughs> so, but a yeah, Bengals one team, was ugly. Yeah, a Bengals team that is that is. You know, I don't even know what they're – I don't even know what happened. I don't know what happened. What happened? <laughs> what happened? And then, all, yeah, I mean, you, you got to factor in – I guess Kansas City's lost to the Ravens, the Chargers, the Bills, and the Titans. So, no harm, no foul there. Those are four good – four yeah, players they lost. But they're eking out wins against the Giants. And yeah. One by six against the Packers, Packers. Three against the three against the Giants. You know, all, the only team they've blown out is the football team. Hmm. The football team stinks. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, you got the Browns, like, lurking down there, and who knows about them? Like We thought this Broncos team stunk. They're five and four. The, I mean, I was talking about it with a buddy last night. I think – I mean, the AFC stinks. It, it's – you look at it, it, the NFC is, is very top-heavy, and, and the AFC is just a kind of bunch of, like, meh. Sure. There's, I just, yeah, there's 11 of 16 teams have winning records. That's crazy. It seems mathematically – very impossible. And when yeah. you bring that more into the micro and you look at just the AFC North, I mean, what a race this is going to be. Yeah. Every single team can win the division. Every single team seemingly has a chance to beat the other any given week. So these division matchups down the stretch are going yeah. to be absolute, you know, barn burrs. I mean, and every game is going to feel like a winnable game for every team in the division. We declare, I mean, we really declared the Steelers dead four weeks ago. And here they are. They're going to be they're going to be five and three after tonight. That did get the product of a little bit of a lightening of the schedule, but they're right there. I mean, they're right there with a you know hobbled Big Ben and not much else. There they <clears throat> they stay around. Yeah, the the one of the more interesting things too is that it's it is jumbled. But the team that everyone's chasing, which is us at six and two at the top, is a team that's played the least amount of division games of everybody else. So. All those teams chasing down Baltimore have their opportunities to make an impact and and try to turn it around. So and and we're all, we're zero and one in the division. So like, if it comes down to certain tiebreakers and and all that, we already have a black eye on that. So it's the race is is razor thin right now, and we're gonna get that gauntlet where the Browns somehow get that bye week between playing us, and we gotta play the Steelers. So. I was going to say, those games are basically worth two. Like, those, those gauntlet games are going to be something. It, it'll be – talk about some clenched buttholes. That, yeah, you got to put the war paint on for that three-week stretch. Is, is that – that's not quite hate month. Is that just going to be like gauntlet month? 
We don't talk about hate month anymore. That that oh, was hate canceled. Month. Hate month was. It was a great like. It was a failed thing. mission. It it was the the the. It was a great idea. The execution was 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 less than stellar, but. I said we don't talk about it. It's a thing of the past. Never happened. I don't know what you're talking about. Hate, hate month was a very tough save. Very, very tough save. Um, yeah, I, I, it's going to be fascinating to watch this This all come down the stretch. Uh, I just continue – and when I was working yesterday, I wasn't – I was following the Ravens game a little bit on GameCast. I wasn't really following the other scores. So when I walked out of the stadium, I just looked at all of the 1 p.m. scores. And the Jaguars-Bills game, I think I looked at that – 10 times to make sure that was true. And I was like, all right, the AFC, there's no rhyme or reason what's going on in the AFC. Kind of mirroring, there's no rhyme or reason to what's going on with the Ravens in terms of a roller coaster. That brings us to this Thursday at Miami. To me, this is a game the Ravens need to win without a lot of drama. You've got to go in on a Thursday night and beat a team that is absolutely reeling. The Tua conversation has dominated them. They were in their season, they've talked, they've talked about trading for Deshaun Watson. They didn't trade for Deshaun Watson. They're going nowhere fast. This is a team you got to go in and just straight up beat. I, I don't want to use the phrase get well game. Cause I don't think there are any good get well games for this Ravens team at this point. You've just got to go in and get wins, however you can get them. But this is one where it would be nice for them to kind of show up and put together four complete quarters against a team. They should just be able to put away. Yeah, it's it's. I was looking at the schedule the rest of the way today, and it just after this game and the Chicago game on the road. You know, it's a gauntlet. It's a gauntlet in games that are high impact games, and you just cannot afford to have a stumble going into that stretch. You have to take care of business of these next two games because you cannot give it these teams that are chasing us an inch. These are games that you got to win. You, you, I see what the Pittsburgh Steelers are doing right now. They're taking care of business against a bad, bad Bears team, and we're gonna have our opportunity to do that next week. So you just you just got to focus. I, I don't doubt that these guys are, you know, don't have their eye on the ball because every single week they, you know, I feel like they kind of get – have games that grab their attention. But, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons just generally speaking for, you know, when it comes to the NFL, short week on the road, Thursday night football, weird stuff tends to happen. And, and – we just got to make sure that we, we take these couple of days here and rest up and get right and um, just go down there and take care of business it's in a place where we've had no trouble taking care of business in the past. The I'm Dolphins, not, the Dolphins, sorry, Eric, the Dolphins just, you, and I think we've, we've all watched them a little bit this year. They're awful. I mean, even in this game, they won this week, 17 to nine over the Texans, nine combined turnovers. Nine between these two teams. They're, they're, they're not very good. They're I'm bad. Looking. I mean, they're just bad. So, at a certain point, you just got to – Miles Gaskin had 20 carries for 34 yards. Yes, the no, that's a real stat line? That's a real stat line and a touchdown. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the, the all-time series. The Ravens lead 10-6, and I think they're – no, how many – I mean, the scores of some of these games, like – the. the have you looked at the, the score, the combined scores the last two times the Ravens have played them? It's 99 to, 99 to 10, the Ravens. Yeah. I mean, they won 40, 40 nothing in 2017. Was that the Kiko game? I guess. Yeah, it was. That was 20. I remember I was sitting here and that was the first year I bought my house. And then, yeah, and then the, tw- and then the 59-10 game. 
And I'm I'm trying to remember the last rate the last Dolphins win was uh, December sixth, two thousand fifteen. Do you remember anything about that game? It was fifteen thirteen Dolphins. Say that again. The last time the Dolphins beat the Ravens, fifteen thirteen, December sixth, two thousand fifteen. Do I remember anything about that game? Well, it was the throwaway season. I'm trying to remember who did we play in the Gold Pants game. The Chiefs. Okay, it was the Chiefs. Uh, Schaub in that game? Schaub was 32 for 46, 308, a touchdown, and two picks. Including a pick six? Um, 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 does not – yes, yes, of course. Yes. Interception return, yeah. Um, Ryan Tannehill, 9 for 19, 86 yards and a touchdown. Buck <laughs> Allen, Buck Allen, 17 carries, 63 yards. Terrence West, eight carries, 31 yards. Lamar Miller, 20 for 113 for the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, Buck Allen, 41-yard pass for Matt Jobs. Continue to, to talk and dwell on things I've completely blocked out of my mind. These names. Um, the 2015 no, Ravens are dead to me. It just that, never, never happens. It, Miami is always one of those games where I feel like – and I haven't heard much about it, but it seems like 80% of the crowd is Ravens fans, and it's always like, oh, we're going to go yeah. down to Miami and blah, blah, blah. Like – this is kind of the perfect time too. like early November. We're going to get away from the weather. It's been cold as shit. We're going to get, go down there and man, maybe spend a long weekend. I haven't heard many people though. I feel like everyone kind of used that on the Vegas trip, which would make sense because Thursday night also kind of a tough night. Yeah. But again, people like, Oh, I'll take a, you fly up Thursday and then you just uh, take the long weekend. You take Friday off. But um, again, I mean, we, we talked about it kind of before this team. I, does it matter? If it's Tua or Jacoby, I, I don't really. One is think lefty, it does. one is righty. That that's. About I don't the really think difference. it does. I mean, it, I kind of was on the why have we all collectively given up to uh, given up on Tua bandwagon before the year? It just didn't feel like there was yeah. enough of a sample, sample size, size to be like, man, this guy actually stinks. I'd said that with the knowledge that I you know wasn't watching every play of the Dolphins' offense last year. But it just felt weird, especially when he's coming off such, the, you know, such a devastating injury coming out of college. And with how good he was in college. Yeah. Like, it felt reasonable that he should have had more leash. Now he starts to feel like a guy that is never going to stay healthy and maybe is never going to get there. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I still think there is hope for him. I don't think it's over for him. But even in some of the early returns this year, he just can't seem to stay on the field for a variety of reasons. And maybe he ends up being a guy – yeah, similar situation, I guess. A guy like Tannehill who just needs to get to the next team and kind of get refreshed. Maybe it would have worked out for him had they traded for Deshaun Watson and gotten rid of him. But, you know, Jacoby it's Brissett. Kind of, it's not too late. Jacoby Brissett kind of is who he is. I think, you know, I don't think either of them really poses more of a problem than the other. I don't know. It just, I just don't know if two is going to play with the big finger. Big Teddy Bridgewater vibes from Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Like he's. I, I think I think Brissett is fine. He's he's almost like a Ryan Fitzpatrick too. Like I think he's fine for a few games. I think if he's starting more than six or seven games, your pro your season is probably not in a. Game. You, you better have a, a a complimentary defense and a good mm -hmm. run game to go with. Yeah, like he like he could win you a game or two maybe, but like also probably going to make some mistakes and 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 lose you a game or two. But again, I mean the number the numbers on this team nobody jumps out at you. 
like we talked about, Miles Gaskin, 86 carries, 313 yards, 3.6, one touchdown. Devontae Parker's out, I think. Probably sounds about right. Mike Gusecki is – Mike Gusecki's a good tight end. I think he's a fine tight end. Um, that's about it. Jalen Waddell is good. Jalen Waddle, we have okay. no idea because he's got a different quarterback every week. Or, and you know, they've just – yeah. He's just always not. banged up too, I feel like. Every time I say he's limping or he's holding something. And then, again, even on defense. I mean, Xavier Howard, is, oh, he's, he's good. He's a good cornerback. I had no idea Jason McCourty was there. That's a surprise. That's a <laughs> guess what team he's on now. I had no idea he was still playing. No. I mean, you, I could have fooled me. But, again, like there's – this team is, is – they're, they're not very good. They're, they're only two wins. They've, they scored uh, 17 points in both. So, if, if you can keep them not scoring 17, I think the Ravens have a decent chance. We'll say that. I also think last week was the closest we've come to getting uh, the predictions right. Uh, one, quick, one quick thing I wanted to comment on coming out of your guys' instant analysis, two really small offensive things that probably won't matter in this game because I think the Ravens will kind of take care of business, but will matter going down the stretch. You guys talked about Hollywood Brown and the use of him in getting the ball to him around the line of scrimmage and allowing him to almost act as like a – almost a running back of sorts, like get those eight yards to get the second and two on mm. first down. I feel like we were calling for that all last year and it never happened. And it feels yeah. like it's starting to happen. I, I think yep. I might've said that every two weeks, like why are they not working him a little bit more around the line of scrimmage instead of, you know, throwing him everything 15 yards down the field. Now it feels like, I mean, he is a real weapon. If there, if, if, and maybe that was because he still didn't have the full arsenal of moves and quickness and, and the speed and, and everything. And that's all back now, which is going to help him in every facet of his game. But in a world where you don't have JK or Gus Edwards or these guys that are a little bit more consistent in picking up six and seven on first down, the way he's able to slither past the first tackler and get up the field, that's a very valuable, that's almost a run. I mean, and you move mm-hmm. around the formation and things like that. I thought that was a really good point you guys made. The second one is Le'Veon Bell and his new state of just not being Le'Veon Bell as a game finisher that's a little more physical. If he just gets up the field and tries to run through guys at that point in the game, that was an effective use of him down the stretch as opposed to him trying to, you know, break off 30-yard runs because he's so patient waiting for blockers. Just run through the hole and be big. He's big. He's a big running back. He was hard to tackle at the end of the game for a, you know, tired Vikings defense that had gone through a lot by overtime, he kind of finished the end of that drive. Like if I'm him, that's who I'm becoming. And I think that's a more valuable use of him than, you know, through the first two quarters, like I'm going to stand in the line of scrimmage and like hope that a Ravens offensive line that's different every single week figures out how to make me a big crease. And now I'm going to like be maybe on bell. Like just be yeah. a, be a power back. Like, just be, be a, a power running back. back. Yeah. Be a power yeah. back and just hit the hole. Like I, I was I kind of he, thinking about it. Like I, I think he's conditioned to getting the ball out of a different formation where that little moment of patience that he has, that moment is now not there because that happens during the exchange where Lamar is looking and deciding whether to keep or give or whatever. And so now when he gets the ball, it's no longer time to wait and see for a hole to, to open. This is exactly what you're saying. It's time to go. So and Lamar gives you the ball, that means you've got the opportunity in front of you, and so he just needs to go and take it. And he was starting to do that in the fourth quarter in overtime there. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that was that – was both of those little things, you guys hit the nail on the head on a ton of things, but 
those two specific things just sent me to, especially the Hollywood thing. Cause it just felt like that was always going to be one of the uses you could have for him. And it's very much coming to the fore, but you get, it's, I'm, I'm curious as to the Hollywood thing, how much of that is coming into play now that Bateman's out there? Yeah. I may, I don't know if I said it during the podcast, but I know I tweeted it when, when Bateman uh, drew that pass interference play, that was a, first time I've seen a receiver just behind everybody on the Ravens in a long time that wasn't Hollywood Brown. So maybe they're feeling more comfortable putting Bateman in those situations where they put him out there uh, trying to, you know, extend the defense and push those guys back and be a deep threat, which opens things underneath. I, maybe that just opens up the, the, uh, the toolbox for, for Hollywood a little bit more. I'm not sure, but it's, it's very cool right now for me to watch us have two receivers that are kind of able to do a capability, you know, a lot of different things. And, and, and then hopefully Sammy Watkins can kind of even add to that further. I was going to say the, the fascinating part of the Ravens as a team that in its, you know, around 25 years of existence has essentially never at any point had like four to five really interesting receiving options, right? Like there have been some times like, they've had two or three, like even like the Super Bowl year where you have, you know, Bolden and Torrey Smith and there's some like variety there and you had Pitt. Like right now they have Hollywood Brown who feels like, you know, if he hit the top, top level of the ceiling is like Tyree kill. They have Rashad Bateman who seems like he can kind of do everything um, and put himself in a lot of different positions. They have Mark Andrews, they have Devin Duvernay, who makes an incredible catch in the back of the end zone and is a little bit of a different option. And then when Watkins comes back, that kind of gives you four. And then some of these guys out of the backfield, Devontae Freeman showing pretty well catching the ball. If they had Dobbins. I mean, this would be – it would kind of be ridiculous, the, the amount of things Lamar has. After two years ago in 2019, he was throwing to, like, Willie Sneed, who, no disrespect to Willie Sneed, isn't Rashad Bateman. I mean, Rashad Bateman's just going to be better than him. So, who's, who's a good comp for kind of fascinating. Who's a good, like, NFL? I haven't watched him play enough. And that's the thing. Same thing with me. I'm like, I, I see him on the field now, and obviously, like, I'm, I'm impressed by I mean, the catch he had, I think he was diving to his left, and the ball was kind of behind him. I think it was a third down catch, too. It was, like, maybe, it's a fantastic catch. Maybe, I just don't know like, a better, better Pierre Garçon, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. It, he, he just there's there's probably people smarter than us that have something. There's probably people smart. But, like, he just seems like – this is a Spencer. very, very solid. I don't this know what the Spenny ceiling question. is, but it just seems like he's just always going to be he good. Just that was knows, when he was in college. He he, just his spatial awareness is very strong. He just knows where to find and feel the pockets in the defense and know where to be. And, you know, from there, it's a matter of having your quarterback and your receiver just understand each other, you know, once you get to that point. And for them to be kind of – you see where they're off a little tick here and there, and that's where Bateman's been kind of picking up the slack – in terms of, you know, slack goes to both of them because it's a communication thing. But Bateman able to bail him out when he's not exactly in the same spot, they're not exactly on the same page, that margin of error just being kind of like thrown out the window because Bateman's just a great player, like that's, that's awesome. So I, there's, there especially was one play where I thought Bateman had an opportunity to catch and run um, with a lot of space out in front of him um, when Lamar kind of – he kind of like stepped up in the pocket and maybe even jumped through a little bit. Ooh, is this is Big Ben down? Is he doing? Are we doing the doing that whole thing? No, he, no, he's fine. He's fine. Okay, okay, I'm sure he is. Um, 
But yeah, I, there's the, the, the ceiling is the roof, as they say, for, uh, for Rashad Bateman, I think. So here you go. I, I searched Rashad Bateman comp and our boy Spencer Schultz, great follow, um, said he has seen, and this is back in February, saw PFF uh, comparison with Keenan Allen, um, Michael Thomas, and he said, I think he's somewhere in between those two. Keenan Allen seems about right, too. Like, yeah. I could see that. Someone said a, a little smaller, Corey Davis. A little shorter, yeah. Um, I like Keenan Allen. Yeah, Keenan Allen makes sense. But some of the other ones, um, someone said Gerard Evans, some guy from PFF Fantasy Football, said uh, Stefan Diggs a little bit. Yeah, a little less shifty, but still. Yeah, yeah. But, again, I, I think, the, like, the Keenan Allen one stuck with me. And I said, okay, yeah. I, that I could see. And I tell yeah. you what, if you got a uh, if you got a Keenan Allen, I, I think you're fine with that. I think he's a damn yeah. good receiver. Yeah, you're 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 one hundred percent. You're one hundred percent right. Route technician is the term. Mm-hmm. That's Stefan Dix. Probably. Yeah, yeah. That's that's sure. the minute cut up on like what is it the kickoff or whatever that Twitter account is that always posts the like. Yeah, Stefan Dix has cooking has the route has the route technician label. And like is beloved by, I always see like, and part of it's a Maryland thing, but you see it in other places like other receivers are like, whoa, look at how Stefan Diggs runs his route. It's like our Maryland receivers just repost the clips. Was like, he that crisp at Maryland? Like I, I obviously remember watching. Uh, that. Yeah, he was pretty crisp. You just couldn't really see it because, because Sean Petty couldn't get <laughs> no, the ball. There was no one throwing him the ball, but uh, he's definitely, yeah, he would like run a ton of extra routes and stuff like that. I mean, the athleticism has always been there. He's just, but yeah, Bateman, if Bateman becomes anything like that, that's a pretty, you know, solid combination of receivers to have, considering what it looks like Hollywood Brown's becoming. Um, and spe- and for a guy that took a lot of flack, you got to give Hollywood Brown a lot of credit for, you know, kind of keeping the head down and not doing his thing. He's He's been fantastic all year. And and outside of Lamar Jackson, I think he can make a case. He's, you know, second on the yeah. MVP list right now. He's been tremendous. I think we kind of breezed over it because it came at a loss, but that catch he made against Cincinnati was unfreaking believable. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see what he wore to the game on Sunday? Did. That was the fire jersey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Predictions. I don't know if there's much more to say about this Miami team other than they stink. Predictions <laughs> for this one. 40 nothing. Right back. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, 35-10 Ravens. 42-13 to 13 Ravens. Can I, make, can I talk about one more thing on this uh, – both pertaining to you can do whatever you want. the game yesterday and maybe the, def- the status of the defense as a whole, because we really haven't touched about, talked about the defense much at all here. I think the defense played much better yesterday than people realize. It was so easy to kick dirt on them with the way it went for a quarter and a half there or so, but I thought they rebounded in a fantastic manner. They gave up 318 yards, and a, a lot of it was on the two chunk plays. And that's the bigger – picture here is that they give up these monster plays and I was you know just a couple hours ago catching up on part of my take where I guess they had the guy um their stat guy look up just the statistic about the 30 plus yard plays that's astounding that's incredible if if you didn't catch that I want to say the stat went like this the Ravens have given up 11 touchdowns of 30 plus yards the next closest team has given up five so there's a boomer bust element to the way the Ravens are defending. I would like to think that that's a fixable thing, you know, explosive big plays. A lot of times it's just 
broken defense. And that's part of playing defense. Sometimes that's the way it goes. If we're going to be aggressive blitzing and doing some of the things we do, like you're going to catch the bad end of that sometimes. It comes with the territory. But I'm optimistic in the sense that, you know, we started to clean up the tackling there the last three quarters of that game. And, you know, the defense really showed some teeth against I – mean, nobody's calling the Vikings the, the 99 reigns. But that team has some weapons, and I thought we did a pretty good job of cleaning it up and making adjustments and going out and doing what we had to win that game. Obviously the, the, the drive at the end of the game is concerning, but um, it was just something I've been thinking about today as, you know, I continue to see people throw dirt on the defense and it's like, yeah, they, they haven't been like good. haven't even been average as a whole, but I think that there's some signs of life coming here. And we haven't, we, we didn't, we haven't touched on Deshaun Elliott though. That's, that's another thing. Um, that loss sucks. He's one of those guys that you like having in the clubhouse, locker room, all those cliches. Um, saw the quote today that, that Rashad Bateman, he credits a lot of like just the energy and the, the, his morale as he was rehabbing the past two months to get back. Uh, he attributes a lot of his morale just to, to Deshaun Elliott, just being in his corner. And you think about it, like, why is Deshaun Elliott the guy, you know, kind of pushing him and, and keeping his head up? You know, they don't play the same position group. They play on the opposite sides of the ball. They didn't go to the same college. They didn't play in the same conference. Like, what is Deshaun Elliott's relationship to Rashad Bateman? I, it's just one of those things where you just goes to show what kind of dude that Deshaun Elliott is. And, yeah, he's had his multiple season-ending injuries in his short career. Um, so just thoughts go out to that guy as he's dealing with what he's got going on. Yeah, it's going to be – looks like it's going to be a lot of Brandon Stevens in that position who played there when Elliott was hurt before. But, yeah, it's definitely a tough loss. And we'll see, do the Raven, can the Ravens find someone that's, that's off the street? I think they'll probably stick with internal options here. But that does suck. It, the, the safety combination, you know, the Ravens secondary has been maligned, but you like the consistency there. And now they've got to kind of switch some things around. And Stevens, who I think they like to think is a little bit more of a developmental prospect in the third round has now been forced to play a lot and is going to play a lot more. So he is going to have to sink or swim at this point. There'll probably be some Geno stone um, who people thought the Ravens um, had, you know, it's kind of a steal a couple of years ago in the draft. And then Jimmy Smith, I'm sure will play a little safety now, which is probably kind of yeah. where he falls at this point in his career. As opposed yeah. To he'll be, he'll be a thing this week with Jusecki. He's He's going to match up with him probably a good amount. You saw how many snaps he played on a – is that just keeping him – that had to be just keeping him uh, kind of under wraps for this game, for the next one? They kind of did the same thing with Pernell G- McPhee. And Geno Stone, too. I think. Well, not that Stone was going to play. Well, I'm yeah. just more talking about the older guys playing two games in five days. It was kind of like, yeah, they just gave him – it was like a, a veteran's day off almost in practice. Load management type deal. Yeah. Interesting. Strange how they did that. Yeah. I, when I saw that snap count come out, I was like, that's weird. Cause it was like, Oh, one play, you probably think he got hurt. Didn't get hurt. He just didn't play it. Big run by Montgomery there. Yeah. Uh, one quick Hollywood Brown stat before we move on here to, you know, kind of continue to harp on his ability with the football in his hands, which I think was one of the things everyone liked about him coming out of college. 75 is 116 yards after the catch on Sunday. So pretty good. Pretty good. Um, we will move on. We don't have announcers. Normally I would talk announcers here. We don't have an – well, we do have an announcer. Sorry, Thursday. Yeah, we do. Know it's going to be – sorry, Buck and Aikman. Excuse me. Excuse me. Not, not, used, to, not, used, to the, not used to the Thursday. What, what's uh, the storyline they're going to bang? 
the Hollywood and um, the Hollywood and Lamar from from Florida. I think there will definitely be some of that. I think there will definitely be some. Of oh that. yeah, they're gonna hammer that. Yeah, I mean Miami. I actually think Tua will be the big storyline in this game to a certain extent from the broadcast if he plays because I think that's like. I think the, the Ravens kind of are who they are in this game, especially if they're going to win. I think Miami's biggest thing to talk about is, like, what's going on with them at quarterback. Um, kind of after being a darling team coming into the year. With, I, I, yeah. I thought coming into the year, if, if Tua played average, I thought they'd make the playoffs. And that would look, that look that. awful. So, uh, starting five draft. The Steelers are currently playing. Um, so, our starting five draft is teams we enjoy seeing lose. Teams we enjoy seeing lose. Steelers are not going to have things we like rooting against. Or things we rooting against. Whatever, whatever yeah. it is, whatever it is. If it Same needs to be a golfer or a NASCAR R- driver, RDT, RDT player. brought this up. It's a fantastic idea. And this draft is brought to you by Fed Thrill. Twenty percent off. If you use the promo code Exit Fifty Two of all of Fed Thrill's fine sunglasses. Um, it continues to be nice. It was very nice today in Baltimore. It's gotten a little bit colder. But it was very nice sunny day. And, God, if you're outside, those Fed Thrill sunglasses would have come in handy. Would have come very much in handy. Sunday for the game, very sunny day. People were putting on sunscreen for this thing at MT Bank Stadium. I saw some Instagrams. So, Fed Thrill sunglasses would have been very nice for that. 20% off with the promo code exit 52 Okay. Draft time. Banks, you have the first pick. RDT, you have the second pick. I have the third pick. Fire away. A starting five draft. People, things, teams we like to root against. I'm going to take Duke basketball. It's number one for me. It's Coach K, just the whole just aura that he has and just growing up with Maryland and that whole thing and, and then experiencing it as a student where you're actually feeling like you're, you're in the game, you're involved with it, you're a factor. Um, I know that there's other picks here that are probably more mainstream or or – or just kind of like down the middle, you know. But Duke basketball, at least. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I, he was talking about that not being mainstream. I feel like Duke basketball is a very mainstream thing to hate. I thought. Oh, right. There, of course. Oh, he's gone again. Oh, he's gone again. I thought there was the – There's nothing like the Banks connection right now. I mean, really, it's truly one of the – I was – his connection in a Buffalo Wild Wings is better than whether he's on the one he's on the pod in, in his actual house. You would think. Um, I, I didn't think there was a chance that – like Duke was – it was always going to be Duke. I yeah, think – like It would have been the one one had I been the, had I been the top pick. He yeah. sort of he, – he, he comes back into focus here every once in a while and then goes away. Um, we'll see, yep, and there he goes. Yeah, I, I think that that was definitely my 1-1. One, one. Duke basketball is unbelievably hateable. You could also, like, even if, as, you know, Maryland fans that we are, you can get anybody's fan base root against Duke. Like, it does not matter who it is. Like, there's no one that's like, oh, like, sympathetic to Duke. Like, zero people. Yeah. Zero people are. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling through pictures of Grayson Allen right now. So, like, he's got, like, so many great hateable names on that team. Like, I, Grayson Allen isn't even, like, the most hateable guy because – we didn't get to root against him as like a Amer- Well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's gotta be Reddick. Yeah. It's, it's Reddick. It's, it's, it's Battier. It's Sheldon Williams. And all that, but like, 
Yeah, Shot. Jay, Jay, Jay Williams. Any of the um, – oh, fuck, what are their Jay names? Jay Williams, by the way, who I'll give a lot of credit to when we were trolling Duke last year, he was just getting involved and was, like, very cool about it. it was he's good. done, like, a complete 180 now. I don't know if you've seen he, – he's terrible on Twitter now. He Is sucks. he? Oh, Is today he, he did was the so whole, good. Like, this was like this was like six months ago. He did. He, he, it was very good. It was like I remember. It was the day I got a uh, vaccine shot. I was like going back and forth <laughs> with Jay Williams on the Terrapin Hoops or uh, Young Terps Twitter. It was great. Um, his, he had a tweet today, a video being like, "Why doing the like the whole like why are we? Why is the conversation all about Aaron Rodgers and not about Henry Ruggs? It's like people people are talking about Henry." Like people also, talked about what it. more is there to say about Henry Ruggs? Yeah, exactly. Like what else? Yeah. There's no hot takes. You can't like spin it how any other way. Get, how did we get to this conversation? Uh, Jay, was our, sorry, how, Jay Williams. How like I was searching Grayson <laughs> Allen pictures and how like he's, he's maybe one of the most hateable Duke players, but we'd never really got to hate him from the Maryland Duke rivalry. We just, he was, your Who? point, I thought. Your point that I thought Grayson was Allen. Grayson Allen because he didn't play against Maryland. Your, your oh, point right. I thought was interesting was you saying you didn't think Duke basketball is a mainstream hateable team. I feel like it's one of the yeah. That's teams. that's exactly when I cut out. Like yeah, they're mainstream, but like they're not. When we talk about this podcast, it tends to be Ravens oriented. So I think a lot of people would expect that I would go in that direction. Oh, uh, true. I'm not sure. going that direction. I'm going with Duke basketball. I think it's a great pick. I think it's a great pick. I was as I was saying when you when you departed, there are not many teams where you can get everybody else's fan base to root against them with you. Like everybody hates Duke. Yeah. By the way, I the the first spot in this draft sucks because when it comes back around, like I feel like this is a very tiered draft. Mm. RDT. Um, I I was gonna take Duke. I knew I didn't have I knew I didn't have the first pick, but um, that would have been my one one. Uh, it's got to be the I, Yankees. It has to be. Um, they're just this ooh, – ooh, bad hit on uh, Justin Fields. Um, grew up never liking them. My dad's a Yankee fan from Long Island. So, like, I always we, – we would always go to the games. I, I was at the 96 ALCS, game three. Um, Daryl Strawberry hit a foul ball off my dad's glasses, still have the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I mean, th- that's when the rivalry, a lot of listeners don't remember those games weren't alive for the games. I mean, those, those mid nineties, late nineties, Orioles, Yankees, well, Orioles faded super quick, but they had some good matchups, some really good teams. And then, you know, I mean, kind of came full circle in 2012 when Nate hit the foul pole and it wasn't called a home run. And, and they've had some good matchups with them recently. And, and they're, the Yankees are Duke. I mean, they're Duke. They're they're a bunch of the other teams. They're just very easy to hate. You don't have to be like a division rival to hate the Yankees. You you know that you see the pinstripes and you hate them. You hate the twenty seven rings. You hate the you know the whistle after the strikeout. You 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 hate you know you think Jeter's the most overrated player ever, which he is, and stuff like that. They're just they're a very easy team to hate, and it's them not sniffing a World Series since '09 has has made it you know a lot better and made it fun to to really root against them that's a good pick um i'm gonna be very uh pennsylvania centric here with my two picks i'm gonna take penn state as a whole first um didn't Mm. like penn state before maryland was in the big 10 dislike him even more now um feel comfortable saying that feel comfortable saying that even in the profession i'm in i will never work there doesn't matter what the position is won't do it 
Wow. Um, big of you to say that. Big of me to say that. Um, met some nice people that worked at Penn State, so not, not hating all those people, but cannot stand that school and um, all of their athletic programs. So, um, especially after Saturday when, boy, do we have a chance. Um, then I'm going to take the Steelers. The Steelers have been a thorn in the side of my happiness for pretty much all of my life. Um, part of the reason is because I think organizationally for a lot of that time, the Ravens considered themselves one of the top organizations and how they did their business. In the NFL, I think the Steelers were also among those. So it was, wasn't anything by luck. They were just very, very good. They have a lot of hateable guys. I was going back and forth this with a guy I work with who's a Steelers fan. Uh, we were talking about, uh, Joey Porter, because Joey Porter Jr. was playing for Penn State, playing quarter for Penn State. Joey Porter, James Harrison, Brett Kiesel, Troy Palomalu, Heinz Ward, all these. I mean, the list goes big, Ben. The list goes on and on. Tons of hateable guys and a very fun team to watch lose. So I will go Penn State and then the Steelers. A lot of PA. <laughs> Eric. Um, God, I mean, you could really go any, any way from here. I'll go the Penguins. Mm. Keeping with the the the, the Pennsylvania. Fucking Again, Pennsylvania. I mean, you, you talk about you talk about the the rivalry between the Caps and the Penguins and Ovi and Sid and you know some of the playoff matchups they had and and it was very poetic that they. I, I mean, John Walton's call like they exercised the demons, which they didn't really. It was beating the the Penguins, but um, for them to go to the Eastern Conference Finals after they beat them that you know in 2018 was great. Um, anytime the Penguins lose is, is fantastic. Anytime Crosby loses, it's great. Um, they, they've just had so many good matchups over the years. The 24-7 HBO mic'd up series was so damn good. That, that may be like one of my favorite kind of mini series like that. It, it was so well yeah. done. It was, it was awesome. It was really good. Um, yeah. And again, my, I have family from that area. So like, Anytime the Steelers win a Super Bowl, I get, you know, hey, could, this could have been you celebrating. Same thing with the Penguins. You know, could have been up here at the Stanley Cup Parade, blah, blah, blah. So, it's always, like I used to get Mario Lemieux posters for Christmas. Like, I, I got Steeler, I got uh, Big Ben Rookie of the Year shirt for Christmas one year. Terrible towels for Christmas. They, they all like to rub it in. So, anytime the Penguins – and, I mean, they, they, they haven't been anything lately. And the, the Caps are still kind of staying afloat. Um, it's just always it's always nice to see the Penguins lose, and I don't care who they play. You're you're always rooting against them. There you go. Thanks. Two. This is exactly what I did. That was like the top five right there. So uh, pivoting here, I I think I have to take the Patriots. Um, I don't know how much I really need to explain that. It's mostly traumatic, but we had Joe Flacco come through and be a bit of a Patriot beater um, and honestly should have beaten him more times than he did in the postseason and the regular season too. Mark Clayton, people forget that one. Jeez. Um, that's such a big bend, deep throw. Anyways. Um, <laughs> I thought that was an interception. I thought yeah, uh, no, it was like – <laughs> it's just what are they doing out there? Whatever. Um, yeah, it's it's the the they're the other evil empire, I guess, and 
and Belichick and their stupid antics and him losing his mind with Justin Tucker making that field goal over the upright his rookie year and assaulting yeah. the uh, official. Yeah, and then just just New England fans as a whole. So I have to take them there. Um, and then ironically, uh, this is kind of aligns with them a little bit. I'm going to take just LeBron. I just rooting against LeBron. I got to take him. He's such a – That's a bad take. You no, know, it's a great take. LeBron is just such a big phony. And <laughs> wow. I got lube, lubed up the first handful of years with the, with the Wizards playing them and, and the first handful of years he was out there. Him getting all the home cooking in the world from the, the league and David Stern and just come on, LeBron. The guy's a phony. I don't know what there really is phony about him. You got all the, that's all you got to defend your boy? I just, I mean, I, I'm still waiting to hear what is everything phony. he does is in a manner of which, hey, look at me, but don't look at me, but also look at me. You're talking down on the I Promise School and, and, and scholarships and schooling and education for underprivileged kids. You have that much kids. money. You better wow. be doing shit like that. Wow. That's. Good on him, all right? Yeah. I, I thought him. it was about the kids. It's all about they're the future of America. It's about everybody looking at LeBron doing things. Guys just guys just trying to put some kids to school, you know. Michael Scott did it and got praised. LeBron doesn't get shit on. They're lithium. <laughs> just saying. Um RDT. Right. I I'll I'll kind of uh I want I think we can get them on the way back. Um I'll go Florida State. I hate I hate Florida State, and it's there was never any real rivalry rivalry with Maryland and them because they just used to kick the living shit out of the Terps. I mean, yeah. The lasting memory is what six was it sixty nine nothing, sixty two to nothing. Yeah, yeah. Middle like number twenty five Maryland being like you know what this is it this is the they can do it and like I remember like turning on the game and then like. I went somewhere and like came back like seven minutes later and I was like, Oh, this is, we're done here, boys. We are done. And it's like, I don't think the Terps have ever played them close for, you know, they'll probably never play them again. And, and they shouldn't because they're just such a bad, even when Maryland was good, it was like, they couldn't escape Florida state. Um, just hated them, hated them. Not not a big fan of them. Yeah, Florida State was annoying. They, they've they've become incredibly irrelevant, which well, yeah, is and, and, which is pretty remarkably stu- irrelevant. Really, it's, one of the stunning college football stories of the fall of Florida and Florida State as like national title contenders. Miami too. Florida. It just ma- it just makes before. no sense. Well, Florida's terrible this year now, but it makes no sense that none of the three of those schools can figure out a way to become. It just it just makes no sense. Uh, I hated Florida State too. I, I, the, the mid two thousands when it felt mm-hmm. like Maryland, you know, had chances to beat them. It did beat them, um, a couple times, but yeah, those, those are. It's hard to hate Bobby Bowden, but you know they had yeah, some. I, I don't know. I, I was never Bobby Bowden. I'm Bobby Bowden. <laughs> you coming down to Florida State? You coming down to play the Seminoles? Uh, the time I keep Jackson. The time a little bit. It's probably a little bit of a cross. It'll somehow devolve <laughs> into me doing like um, 
like Frank Underwood. I do a lefty Giselle impression <laughs> at work that always becomes Frank Underwood. Uh, <laughs> Dude, real quick, do you know? Do you know the the the? <laughs> I'm just thinking of the lefty. Um, do you know the series like the series record between Florida State and Maryland football? Um, it's like it's like twenty. It's like twenty three and two or something. Twenty one and two. Yeah. Largest, yeah, largest margin of victory, sixty-three nothing in twenty thirteen. Longest win streak is fourteen. Uh, Maryland's largest margin of victory, three. Yeah, twenty tough. to seventeen and 04. Yeah, I remember that game. Um, <laughs> freaking Florida State, Bobby Bowden, um, Bobby Bowden in the Rose Bowl. Keith Jackson has an amazing voice. We should do an announcer's <laughs> draft at some point. Have we not done we, that? We, yet? I can't believe we haven't. Yeah, we really haven't. Keith Jackson's freaking awesome. Hey, it's the University of Texas Longhorns and the University of Southern California Trojans. I mean, he—I mean, that guy is so freaking cool in Pasadena. That's like a little Morgan Freeman now in there. Yeah, well, you know, it all—it all comes back. I'll start doing like George St. Pierre at some point. Uh, <laughs> I am going to beat Nate Diaz, um, <laughs> Nick Diaz, or whatever, whatever. I am the pound for pound best fighter in the world. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to think of an MMA answer for this. I haven't thought of one yet because I did love rooting against MMA guys. Okay, to get this back on track, number nine, uh, I know I can get this last. I'm not taking it last because of a statement of how much I hate this operation. I'm taking the Mexico national soccer team. <laughs> what an absolutely <laughs> unbelievably hateable organization. The players are absolute clowns. The fan base underrated one of the worst fan bases. I think I've talked about this maybe on the show at some point. Mm -hmm. One of the worst fan bases in sports by far. They get game stopped from racist chants. They get game stopped from homophobic chants and really everything in between. It's terrible. The Aztec as a joke, they throw like beers and nails and, and, and bags of pee on, on people. It, it is that place, I beating them is so freaking satisfying. Shout out to the U.S. national team for beating them twice over the summer. They play in World Cup qualifying in like four days. I will be amped up for it. Cannot wait. In, in Cincinnati, it's, they always play in a cold place because they bring those Mexican players up. And this is going to make me somehow – I'm going to say Mexican and somehow sound racist or something. <laughs> I'm really not. They just they, – it's, it's just a horrible – by any measure, it's a horrible fan base, and their, their players play dirty and freaking let's go America. Pulisic, Ricardo Pepe, Gio, all these guys. Weston McKinney. God, I hate the Mexico national team. When and the idea of this draft came up, I you were really enthusiastic about it, and I was kind of curious as to why. Like you were a little more enthusiastic about this one than maybe some others, and I think I think your mind jumped to, to this. I want to do so unleash this, on this rant so badly in this draft. Yes, you're right. I, I just, it's not talk. It's so, cause I get it. A lot of people in America don't care about soccer. The U S Mexico national, the U S national team, Mexico national team rivalry is really one of the better rivalries in sports that I just don't think the mainstream talks about a lot because people don't care as much about soccer. It's tremendous. It's people mexican americans and people in mexico freaking care so much about that team they and it's it's admirable i wish people cared about the u.s national team like those fans care about their team after i just trashed them i do have to give them credit for that 
it, it is, it's an amazing, those games are amazing atmospheres. And most of the time when they're played in the U S it's pretty much like 75% Mexican fans. Um, Mexico routinely, their national team games routinely outrate the U S national team games in America. Um, next, uh, I, I might just kind of go off the rails here. I'm taking Novak Djokovic. Fuck that guy. I can't stand Novak Djokovic. I, I hate him. I, I pretty much every, every other like great athlete, like even a guy like LeBron who has sometimes annoyed me, I've either gained a measure of respect for, or like, I appreciate their accomplishments. I hope Novak Djokovic never wins another major. I have no respect for his accomplishments. I'm an adult man behind that. I'm a fed man. And I've always felt bad for Andy Murray and Djokovic has always been a clown. He did that stupid, you know, I don't care about COVID tour. Got all those players COVID. He, he, I, I'm tired of the talk about how he's a vegan and, or paleo or whatever he does. Get him out of here. I'm so tired of this guy. And he just keeps winning. He's so fun to root against. He's so fun to root against. An amazing tennis player. There's no doubt about that. An incredible tennis player. Can't stand him. He's really fun to watch. I hate, or worse. I hate him. I hate him. I, I hate him. He's great. I mean, he's an amazing player. There's no doubt about it. I hate him. I can't stand him. There are not many individual athletes that I dislike at the level that I dislike. He's a showman. I, I appreciate that about him. No. Fuck him. Not a great human. As, our, as, our, as one of our great friends would say, fuck him. Fuck him. Now that I got that off my chest, RDT. I didn't, think, I didn't think I'd get these guys. I, I, I forgot they were on my list, the Red Sox. No, yeah, that was where I was going to go, and then I needed to go on those two rants. Yeah, I like it. Um, Red Sox, I mean, again, there's just so much – it's very fun to hate them. Um, anytime they – and this is more of like a fans. I, I – there haven't been – Ortiz I hated as a player. Other than that, there haven't been many, like, Red Sox players that I hate. For the most – like, Mookie, a lot of fun to watch. Chris Sale is kind of getting on that I don't really like him um, train. But for the most part, like, I enjoy their players and watching them. I just don't want them to win because their fans are just – could have like an interesting discussion just putting Red Sox players in buckets of like that guy was actually likable or, or yeah like, kind of gritty or whatever, and then the other ones like probably put Jonathan Papelbon in a bucket that's like ah that guy nah. yeah and like yeah Papelbon stunk hate like hated him um, but like Mookie Mookie kicked our Dixon for eighteen games you know yeah, a year he's hard not to like and I'm like I love the guy good for him that's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, Sweet Caroline, there, you know, the funky ballpark, the Mother's Day massacre. Like, there's a lot. Fenway, of, Fenway Franks are trash. I don't think I had, had one before. I, I, when we, I mean, when we split went, top bun. Oh, it's terrible. It's yeah. like, uh, Taylor, you ever get the hot dog at uh, River Run? Oh, I've had the hot dog at River Run. No, it's like <laughs> one of those hot dogs. Oh, I've had that hot dog. I've had that. <laughs> had that hot dog after I got stung by a bee. And the oh, guy, that's right. remember that's the guy right. at the turn ended up being like a, uh, an EMT. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he was that like, was if, your tongue start, if your tongue starts getting numb, please leave the course. <laughs> I was like, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The Red Sox is a great pick. I, it's, I think it's also a fan base thing. It's a really hateable fan base. Yeah. Shout like out to, shout, out to, shout out to Marty Suma. Hateable. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, um, Marty, Marty lost a bet to someone once. I forget who, but he had to wear like an, a, a an Orioles shirt, and on the back he wrote, like, I lost a bet. And this was, like, 2017 maybe. And I was getting Snapchats and, like, DMs and texts 
uh, from Camden Yards being like, look at this fucking loser. And I was like, oh, it's Marty. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's my buddy. Like, people just saw him out on the flag court. And, yeah, so shout out Marty for being a sucky fan. For that. Banshee at two. Um, I'm going to take, take Russia just as a whole. Mm. Really International good. athletics, especially in the Olympics. Uh, they're the bad guys. We're the good guys. It's as simple as that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, there's a part of me that wanted to take the Iceland hockey team, but it's, it's fictional, you know, made up. I would, have accept, I would have accepted it. You got hate um, in your heart. Let it out. Yeah. Then we all know what, what team that really is, though. Yeah. They just, I mean, that, there's a children's movie, so they just didn't want to, like, really – Pump in the, the the nationalism for young young children. It's Iceland, ricochet shot at the at the island of Iceland. There's the there's got to be like a, a like a thirty for thirty short to be done on why they picked Iceland. Like why did they pick Iceland? It's just so nondescript. It's just <laughs> they wanted like know, neutral countries like Sweden. And it's like Iceland. They they must be good at hockey, right? Yeah, <laughs> ice. Am I right? Yeah. I would have uh, loved to have been in that meeting. Yeah. Great movie. D2 is such a all time sports movie. Such a great movie. It's the best sequel of all time. Yeah, that in the Dark Knight, one and two. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't like thinking of that as a sequel, but yeah, it, it kind of is. It's it's so the thing about a sequel is that there's a movie and then you're like, okay, we gotta make another one. Like they that's certainly, they certainly don't rollerblade through like, the Mall of America in that movie. Batman so. Begins is literally like, hey, we're beginning, you know, a series of stories here, so they're kind of written to be cohesive. This was like, hey, Mighty Ducks is a hit. We like this, this, uh, you know, drunk driving guy coaching kids and all that stuff and <laughs> smooching uh, kids' moms. Uh, let's go make another movie about that where he, the, the mom mysteriously is just out of the picture. Yeah. And he's like um, flirting with, with the trainer of Iceland and like the yeah. academic advisor. Yeah. Oh my God. What is, what did you see? Uh, Terminator two, Godfather two. Terminator two is a good one. Empire strikes back. What about fast five? Stop. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Gotta stop with this. It's family, man. Dude, your hate for those movies makes no sense. After you talk about how much you like Laffy Taffy, I don't know what to think of you anymore. Right. I, can't, I can't read you anymore. We've got to stop pretending the Fast franchise is good. The, the, oh, the last, oh, no. The last All right, let's get off this. this. This could be a whole podcast. Banks, you have thir- pick 13. Pretending. Terrible movie. Come on. Oh, the rock. I'm going to take pull the hell out take... the train. <laughs> I'm going to take the Ursays. Mm. The Indianapolis football team, they just conti- continue to do things that just enrage me just quietly. And I sometimes I just don't even say a thing about it. But the most recent one was was Tom Matt passing away, and, and there's just radio silence from them. So, like, it's just – it's one thing if – they did this thing where they acknowledged and tried to own the history with the Unitas thing. The, uh, the Unitas. Uh, the Forrest Buckner. The Forrest Buckner thing, whatever that was. <laughs> um, and, and then you've got a guy who was, you know, another guy that was. Here's a guy. The rich history that is the Colts, and he passes away, and they just don't even acknowledge it. So they play both sides of the fence depending on when they want to try to profit off. It's bullshit. Fuck the Ursos. Yeah, it's a good pick. Next pick. It's a good pick. 
Ah, uh, this is off. You gonna take the rock? I may, I may go to the fast franchise. Yeah. I may. Um, we, we kept this in sports. I guess we could have done other things, which would have been kind of yeah. fun. Yeah, you're going to take bacon. Oh, I love bacon. I, no. My mom used to make me a pound of bacon on my birthday every year, and I'd take it to school <laughs> on a paper plate and just walk through the halls eating a pound of bacon. It was the best. That's pretty tremendous. Um, I'm going to go the Redskins slash the football team. Yeah, that was – oh That's – it's not even like a – like I hate them because they're good. I hate I, I enjoy watching them lose because it's always so funny. Like they, like I've been at the games from when we worked at them and and feeding the teams and stuff like that. Like being in the stadium for that the Monday night Eagles game, unbelievable. Um, like just the stuff going on in that game with Vic and and Deshaun Jackson and and the show they put on was hilarious. And like just it's. It's more of just a show going there and, like, watching the fans in the crowd. Um, and, again, they always find just a strange way to lose. And, and, and then when they think they have a franchise quarterback, they drive him into the ground, and then they think they have another one. You know, they let him get away. And I, they're just – they can't get out of their own way. And part of it's the off-the-field stuff. Part of it's the on-the-field stuff. They're just they, – they will never – they will never not be fun to watch lose. And like even uh, like you, like the Chargers the game earlier this year first game of the season and they're just piss and sewage dumping from from the bowels of FedEx Field it's yeah it doesn't get any better than than watching like my dad press a box flooded when we were there for the Maryland game of course my dad's a Giant <laughs> fan and obviously living here he'll he'll go in the car and turn on Sports Talk 980 just to hear the callers call in and trash the Redskins and same thing he'll watch the post game shows just to listen to them rip the redskins it's it's awesome it's it's now I, I see where i get my hate from from that team yeah they when i was making my list for this they were one of the first names i i like considered putting on there and they're on my list but far enough down where they just weren't picked for me but it's just a matter of like well i guess it's interpretation of what this draft is do i hate them do i hate my heart for them kind of but it's like they're so laughable they're just like a joke now and they kind of always have been, but when I was growing up, if I were to do this list 15 years ago when I was in high school, they were going to be in the top three picks for me. Mm-hmm. But they're just they're just such a joke. I enjoy so, again. We enjoy watching them lose. I almost like I like them. I think I think I like them. Like them existing enrich has enriched my life. I am better for having that football team, that joke of a franchise, existing. Yeah, you but can like always you, look down 95 and just point and laugh and feel great about how we are here. Well, Montana. yeah, and then, but then again, then they make it so enjoyable when they lose. And, and like, again, and it's always the fashion in which they lose. or, or Right, that's what I mean. It's, it's an interpretation of what this draft is. Mm-hmm. They're maybe one of the best to root against just because of how much they give. They're, it's, so, it's, they're the, keep, the gift that keeps on giving. It's your Billy Madison gift. Like just laughing and clapping and yeah. pointing at the clown at the guy it's on fire. It's so good. That's what it is. But even like at a certain point, it becomes sad too. Man. I reserved that for for like the Steelers at this point. I don't know if it's sad. I mean, I don't know. There's nothing about. There's nothing sad about the WFTs. Until unless the ownership changes, I, I have no sympathy for that situation. Because of all the all I've the bad. It was more of the fans, like yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. laugh at them and enjoyed it. And when I went to high school with all those people, I hated it. I hated them, and yeah, all that stuff. 
now is just like their fans. They're just so they're so just the fans just hate captive. the team more than more than I know. They're just yeah. they're just captive. They're Games. just Teams. chained to this joke of a team where I start to feel bad for them. Yeah, it's bad. All right, I'll finish this off. Um, I got three words for you. Fuck the Dons. That's my last. I figured you'd do. That. I knew we were getting that. Yeah, I knew. Yeah, we were yeah. yeah. Fuck them. Um, yeah. Tough stretch in turkey bowls. Uh, That's a little before I was in high ball. school. And then um, we've pretty much dominated them. Love beating them every single year. You know, I'm sure there's some people that go to Loyola that listen to the show. Fuck the Dons. Are they? They're playing this year, right? Yeah. Uh, they'll play. Yeah. I mean, I would assume I, – I don't know how Loyola is. Calvert Hall's pretty good. Um, so, I would assume – Eric, our high schools are very close to playing in playoffs this last week. You say we're close or are close? They were close. You guys lost by, like, two points. Of course. They did, The public schools are doing some wild, like, every team makes the playoffs. I, I saw that because – Six I, different I, bracket type thing where our – our teams are like in the same pod, but you guys lost. I think Howard. Yeah, sounds about right. Loyola seven and two, but not playing this same quality of team as Coward uh, Hall. So I don't know. How, I I can't say I I know how to totally handicap that one. Coward Hall mm-hmm. also seven and two, third in the MIAA conference. Loyola's playing in the B, so you know, strong work. Yep. Yeah. Hall just lost to St. Joe. Hate to see that. Oh, that's a block in the back all day. I thought that was a block, too. They didn't call it. Oh, my God. That's so bad. He's also blocking back towards his own goal line. Mm-hmm. It's, two, it's two flags. That's our draft. Banks takes Duke, Duke basketball, the Patriots, LeBron, Russia, and the Ursays. RDT takes the Yankees, the Penguins, Florida State, the Red Sox, and the WFTs. I took Penn State, the Steelers, the Mexico national team, Novak Djokovic, and Loyola Blakefield. The Dons. Um, just a quick run through my honorable mentions here. Um, left off the list. European Ryder Cup team. Um, yeah. Virginia, NC State, North Carolina, Nebraska. Um, Nebraska. Has- yeah, Nebraska has delusional fans. I can't stand them in the, in the Big Ten. Um, the black shirts, though. Hopkins, lacrosse, which just missed making the list, and uh, Mike Trout. Anything you guys uh, got? I, I had either European team or Ian Poulter. Uh, Sergio Garcia was also not far off. Oh, Sergio. Yeah. Sergio. Yeah. Um, Cito Gaston. Um, the, uh, the Bengals and the Browns, but they kind of fall in a similar bucket as the football team where it's like, eh, they're like kind of there for enjoyment to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, the Browns would be the would, – I would take them first. Wow. Um, yeah. So I, uh, New York Rangers mm-hmm. are up there maybe. Yeah. I had, I mean, my list is you guys picked everything. I was just picking off one by one, but I had North Carolina, the Rangers Celtics too. I've always thought the Celtics were the most like they've won what one championship in the last 30 years. And they act like that. Like Paul Pierce, I think is the most overrated basketball player ever. He stinks. He was fun with the Wizards. He called game. No, call no, game was no. fun. Stop. No, Come on. He stinks. He Come stinks. on. Paul um, Pierce is good. They, people act like LeBron started the big three. They literally did the big three. 
and then complain when LeBron did it. Yeah, oh, come on. That, did that's... they not, though? Did they not trade yeah. for Burnett and bring in Ray Allen? Like, yeah, but they, they didn't do the, – the, the what didn't happen there was like the – collusion that apparently went on the well. press conference. not the press conference the pep rally whatever yeah, the pep was. rally the not one not two not three you're such a lebron defender i'm just saying kevin garnett was like lebron was scared of us and had to make a big three it's like you guys literally made a big three you you did that yeah you did it i think kevin garnett's such a he's a pussy too i think wow i think kevin yeah. garnett is the first team all fake tough guy yeah that may have to be another another starting yeah five. first team fake all fake tough, tough guys. guys yeah fake tough guys joe kim noah uh jeff teague i could go on and on jeff teague i had kobe but i deleted um, all those tweets uh a couple of january's ago <laughs> 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 um yeah i'm just i i hate the Celtics. um nick Cannon, Matthew, usc football Oh, no, you, you don't like USC? No. Oh man, like you did not have fun watching Reggie Bush and 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 Lendale nope. White. And no, White. I literally did not. I had the least fun of anyone. Wow. Oh yeah, because you're a Notre Dame I, guy. I By grew the way, up Notre Dame also guy. on the list, Notre Dame football for a lot. I thought I was at I was at my aunt's wedding for that for the Bush push. I was in Ocean State. It was it was a whole thing. Like incredible. Damn near ruined the wedding. Incredible <laughs> moment. Are they still together? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good for that. Married an Irish good. guy, actually. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. In Dublin. Anything else, guys? I'm sure some will come to me, but that's like I want to say like Mark Teixeira, but I don't know. The Washington Nationals. I was gonna say the Nats too, but the Nationals, the Nationals are there. There's some I think there's some Philly team action from everybody. I was saying that this weekend to somebody. I am Philly. I'm cold with Philly. They they've done a couple things where they've irked me that they Went bananas with the whole Terrell Suggs, uh, Sam Bradford thing. I forgot uh, about that. That was pre- so preseason dumb. game. Um, They've had a lot of preseason uh, stuff with the Ravens. Foolery. Um, Wait till you see this, Banks. Jesus, that, that's good. That was some good. Yeah, good, good rating. I, no, I literally like, the timing. The timing was impeccable there. <laughs> I've timed your Hulu better than than a lot of people can time stuff. Um, I don't know. I'm sure there's some baseball players I could think of, but it's gonna crush my under. It um, a Rod. I mean, a Rod was a good one for a while. Kind of become. I think he was a, a guy everyone rooted against at one point. Yeah, a Rod Jeter. You could. Um, I'm sure there's some random players I hate. I just can't remember them right now. Like I should have been thinking of this. Oh, for sure, Nick Swisher. Yeah, Man. Brady. All right, uh, Maryland person of the week. Nick Cannon, Maryland person of the week, RDT. Uh, I'm going Ryan Mountcastle because it's a damn shame that he was left off the MLB writers, BBWA, whatever it is, Baseball Writers of America, um, Rookie of the Year list. I get it. It's, it's, uh, it's the, two, the two Rays and then uh, Rock the Baby to Sleep Garcia from the, uh, from the Astros and – all, they're all great. I love them. They're Wanda Franco and Randy Rosarena. They're they're awesome players. Um, kind of. I mean, Mountcastle third in the AL when in hits for rookies, 136, 23 doubles or not not 23 doubles. I think second in doubles or third in doubles. First in home runs. The guy had 33 home runs, had 89 RBIs, 255 isn't great. 309 OP, um, OBP isn't great either. But and I get it. A first baseman, you can only really be so good at first. Um, 
I, I thought he at least should have made the final three. Not saying he should have won it, but making the final three probably like don't get me wrong, Wanda Franco is awesome. I think he's really good. He played in 70 games this year. Like that's making the making the finals for the rookie of the year. And again, I know we're not a big uh, get worked up about awards podcast. Um, but that was kind of a, a salty thing. Especially it's so weird. Like why are why do we I, I may have to ask Dallas about this. Like, why do we take the writers' awards so much more seriously than the players voting for them? Like, Mountcastle won the Rookie of the Year for the players' vote. Like, his peers and the people he plays against voted him Rookie of the Year. And then he doesn't make it for the writers. So I don't know why we take so much value and why there's more merit into the writers, especially now that they're all 95 fucking years old and, and are just the most – the biggest curmudgeons, so – Shout out Mountcastle. Had a very good year. I'm excited to see him hit 40 bombs next year. Thanks. Uh, Faith, John Harbaugh gave the game ball yesterday to Faith, so I'm going to ride with my coach. Um, he's just inventing new ways to just motivate the team or, or mix in football cliches and what have you. I love every bit of it. John Harbaugh's my guy. Uh, this team has faith. They had faith in their ability to come back, and they did it yet again. Shout out Lamar Jackson is the honorable mention that goes with faith. So faith. Faith gets the uh, game ball, gets into Canter Medley. Uh, abstract concept of the week. That's huge. That's a huge win for abstract concepts. Um, I didn't see that coming. I, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yep. Um, and that's, that's – you have to think the people in the abstract concept camp are thrilled. With, with what's occurred here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to take uh, – there's a couple things I, I want to do here, and I guess I'll get some of the honorable mentions. Um, I will take – and I, I think you are going to be um, potentially in attendance here as our friends Brian and Alex head to the Barstool Classic. I'm going to take them preemptively. The 14th to the 17th of the date is correct for that? So we're that was pre-pod. I guess we could have done. Yeah, we pod. may be recording the night that they qualify for the final. Hopefully, qualify. Or, or, I can give it to him again, but I'm going to give it to him beforehand. They qualified out of the region or out of the Maryland situation. We talked about them then. They head to Pinehurst. I hope that they get it done. That would be freaking awesome. But more importantly, I hope you have a great time. Are you going down there, Banks? I am going down there. I'm not sure exactly what the timeline is where I'm going down there, but I'm going to be hanging out. Watching them play some golf, probably drinking some beverages and goofing around. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, two quick honorable mentions for me, and then I'll let you guys get to yours. Uh, Taylor Swift. Oh, we're back, baby. Oh, no, absolutely. Album release on Thursday. Uh, Ten minute all too well. I, I don't know if I'll go to work on Friday. I don't know <laughs> if I will. We'll see what happens. Um, and Are then, we going to do an extended um, instant analysis and just go track by track? God, that's a great point. I didn't think it, that. There was a time role. last year. Yeah, I, I did think about that. Can I tell you something? I don't know if, 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 if I'm going to be able to sit here and listen as I'm talking to you guys. We'll figure it out. It'll depend on when the game ends, too. There's a lot going I on Thursday. If... I tweeted today. I tweeted today. There's a Maryland basketball game. There's a Ravens football game. And there's a terrorist release all on the same night. I might spontaneously combust. So you might not even have me for instant analysis. We'll see. You may be inconsolable after 10 minute all too well comes out. I, I, and the thing is, is like, I'm a big all too well guy. Some of these, some people, 
that are really effect- – I mean, it is going to be – There's going to be a There's going to be a new, a need to be an emotional support line for this shit. And yep. it's going to be – people are going to be losing their minds. Uh, and then finally, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this quickly. Not a lot of people are gonna care about this on this show, but um, and I'll I'll throw a bone of diplomacy back to my friends from Mexico. Uh, Canelo Alvarez, undisputed super middleweight champion, is quietly one of the best athletes in the world that has what he does, and no one really talks about him, at least in all my circles, because there's not a lot of boxing fans. But what a stud that guy is, Bikel Plan this weekend. RDT. Um, I don't think I have any honorable mentions. I got nothing. Wow, you're normally it's, good for one. Thanks. Yeah, it's been like four or five days since we did yeah the full podcast, yeah. so it's this has been a quick turnaround. Normally we get more. Yeah. Um, Do you have any more abstract concepts you want to talk about? Uh, teamwork. Uh, that's a big one, I'd say. Um, I don't. I don't know. I'm. I, I like. I like Coach Hard to take care of these things. That's why he's he, he's him and I'm me. That's, I mean, that's, that's a great way to sum it up. That's a great way to sum it up. Real quick, <laughs> I do have a question or something. Why are people still pushing the narrative of, like, can we stop acting like Justin Tucker isn't the best kicker of all time after every one of his game-winning kicks? I don't know that anyone – I didn't see any oh, I th- It's all over again. It's like – If anything, like, I was almost going to mention here, like, I don't know how much we even talked about Justin Tucker kicking a field goal yesterday. Well, because, again, it's like – it's just such a – oh, yeah, the game's over. Yeah. We talked about it. It wasn't a 55-yarder. It was a, what, 30-something? 30 36. It was, like, it was boring as hell. Yeah, you're like, it was a PAT. Yeah, okay, it's up and it's good. All right, boom. Like, there's no yeah. wind to take it. There's no crossbar. It's just right through the middle. Now, his like, explanation in the press conference was beautiful. I would love I to love hear that. Nicole Sherry, the, the, the Orioles groundskeeper. I know different fields, different turf and stuff like that. But I would love to hear her, like – take on that and, and hit that dissection. Cause that was pretty wild. He knew, yeah. he knew exactly what he was talking about. He, he absolutely did. And uh, as soon as he started talking about, um, he, he like even peppered in like a, I've been, I've been at a field before where like blank in terms of the sodding, whatever. Pittsburgh. I know exactly what feels. No, no, he's not talking about Pittsburgh. He may he be knows. alluding to Pittsburgh a little bit too. No, he's talking about San Francisco. Oh yeah. Yeah. 20, and he slipped. 13, he didn't just slip. His foot, like, cratered six inches deep into the turf. Yeah, foot. that was bad. It was incredible. That, that was, was a really bad game. Where, like, you have everything going wrong, and you're like, okay, we're going to put some points up on the board here at least, make this a one-score game. And his foot just cratered, and I was like, well, this, this game's over. Like, this mm-hmm. is just not – this is not just not our game. I want to say it was 2013. I think so. No, that, 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 was... that doesn't add up. That doesn't add up. It was 2015. It was 2015. Because they played the Niners in 2019 in Baltimore. Here, so. Yeah. Yeah. But it was that the was, new stadium there. Wasn't that the Torrey Smith's first year in San Sounds right. Because I, mean, I remember that being I like a storyline. Right. Yeah. yeah that was just such an ugly game. Yeah, I, I remember that. 25-13 or something. Yeah. JT, breaking it JT. down. Shout out, JT. Go back and listen to our interview with him. He, he likes breaking things down. He's a breaking yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, we will be back on Thursday night, as just talked about, to give an instant analysis on, honestly, a variety of things. 
the Ravens. Maryland basketball will play the second game. We can talk about them if we want. And then there maybe will be some Taylor Swift talk. Although, as I said, once that 10-minute all-too-well video comes out, I really am not sure how much we're going to be able to focus on talking to you guys. But we will, we will see what happens. Um, it should be, uh, hopefully, a pretty uh, easy instant analysis for an easy game for the Ravens. But we shall see nothing has been easy for the 2021 Baltimore Ravens. I think that is, that is the easy way to find them. We'll be back at a normal time of the week for next week's show. Um, obviously, no instant analysis on Sunday. So you will, you will get way more time to listen to the instant analysis uh, Thursday leading into next Wednesday's show. Make sure to follow us on our social media at Exit 52 on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to go to Thread Level Midnight to get the Exit 52 merch. Very much appreciate their support. Always appreciate Fed Thrill support as well. Um, and Jimmy Seafood just continues to do their thing all over the place. Um, so appreciate them as well. We will talk to you Thursday night. Instant Analysis, Exit 52 Podcast, presented by Jimmy's Seafood.